Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Our next guest would not use any of that. A.D. Quigg covers Cook County Government, City Hall, and the Obama Presidential Center for the Chicago Tribune. A.D., welcome back to the Big 89. Thanks for your time on a Friday afternoon. How are you? Happy to be here. I'm going to try to keep my potty mouth limited. Please, please. I mean, <laughs> standards and practices, right? And that's yes, Bill. Although, that's Bill Cameron. Bill gets a pass in my book on just about everything, though. Yeah, you know these. Uh, you know they they say that we're you know we're spinning. What do you call circling the drain when it comes to defining deviancy, downward, and the you know the uh, coarsening of our culture. I I just thought that Bill would not slip up. Uh, we'll see. You know who knows? Maybe maybe he uh, doesn't feel. Maybe he's under the weather this week. I don't know. <laughs> I'll give him a pass too. I love the man. All right. So as you wrote. Tuesday's results show once again that even the powerful, wealthy groups like the CTU and that uh, Super PAC Get Stuff Done, which is funded by pro-business allies of former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, I guess it's a mixed bag for the money you spend, whether or not Tuesday is considered a win. I would say let's start our conversation by saying the CTU saw its bet on Commissioner Brandon Johnson pay off big time, so they must be very, very happy with their investment. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the same for a lot of um, a lot of progressive groups, too, that were helping a lot of aldermanic candidates. They feel the same way about Brandon Johnson getting elected. Even if they lost some aldermanic races, they got, you know, the big fish and they have work to do for the next few weeks going forward. When they announced their backing of this commissioner, the Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, I thought, wow, that seems early to me. This is before Chewy Garcia jumped in. He would be a natural ally of the CTU, and I thought, boy, they're putting a lot of effort into Brandon Johnson, but I, I guess for those of us who thought it was going to be wasted effort, we were wrong. Well, yeah, and I, I think the Brandon Johnson endorsement came so early and so enthusiastically. One, because it was it was getting late in the game for Chuy Garcia to make a decision, but also this is, this is one of their own. This is not someone who has been an ally of theirs or who has been kind of outside of the organization. Brandon Johnson is a long-time a uh, longtime member, longtime uh, leader of the union, so it was it was kind of a natural fit, and they went they went all in, as did um, SEIU and some other progressive groups uh, like United Working Families, which is closely allied with both CTU and SEIU. Um, so he really did have uh, a good ground game organization going into this uh, that clearly made a difference. Ad Quig is here for the Chicago Tribune. So take us back, my listeners, give us kind of a quick history lesson. Ten years ago, then, you know, Karen Lewis, along with Stacey Davis-Gates, they had a plan in place ten years ago, and now it's come to fruition. Yes. Um, Karen Lewis, in light of Mayor Rahm Emanuel's administration, especially the closing of 50 public schools in 2013, um, the strike they had at the time, they basically said, we're going we're gonna to work on getting what we want um, by getting really involved politically, and we're going to transform the political landscape of the city in order to get what we want, but also kind of these broader progressive goals um, of addressing affordable housing, addressing homelessness, um, supporting public schools in general, supporting students of public schools, helping to kind of um, cut off the black population loss 
in the city of Chicago. And we've seen them become active, um, obviously, at the state, helping elect members, but also getting this elected school board passed, um, getting a, a freeze on further school closures and further opening of charter schools. Um, they, they've won a lot. So this political payoff has been big. And now this is like, this is the big enchilada. And the question is going to be, number one, do they pull it off? And number two, once they actually get into that seat of power, are they going to be able to govern? Those are like the two, my two big questions. I'm, I'm so curious to see how yeah. it turns out. The, the dog that caught the car, kind of. Yeah, dog that caught the car. Excellent. So if they do prevail, and Johnson is our next mayor, is there any other examples of a teacher's union in any of the other big cities, the blue cities, that would have this kind of power or have this kind of power? Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen. Oh gosh, you're really quizzing me now. All of my knowledge is is Chicagoy, um, yeah. but we've you know we've seen big that that red for Ed movement kind of take over a lot of other cities and states and kind of make headway. But I think CTU is kind of the um, yeah. kind of the vanguard on this movement, and I think yeah. they've they've made big bigger strides than a lot of other cities. We are reviewing how did the special interest donations you know, contributions, endorsements, payoff in the aldermanic races and the mayoral race, too, with A.D. Quigg. She covers Cook County Government, City Hall, and the Obama Presidential Center for the Tribune. All right, so on the other side, I guess for lack of better description, the red side of the world, even though Paul Vallis, lifelong Democrat, got it, uh, he received the FOP endorsement. They also endorsed some aldermanic um, candidates. How the FOP, uh, the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, how did they go as far as their returns from Tuesday? You know, not not great, but not terrible. Mixed bag, but they took way more bets than a lot of these other groups did. So they backed 26 aldermanic candidates. And in some of these wards, they were doubling up and basically endorsed two folks, um, including in the 10th ward to succeed, Sue Sadlowski-Garza, who was hardcore CTU person. So that was an interesting gamble for them to take. So they saw eight incumbents that they endorsed win outright. And those eight incumbents were, in my view, pretty safe going in. So that was like a, a safe bet. And this is who I informally call it, like the public safety caucus. Um, Silvana Tabaras, Anthony Napolitano, uh, folks generally aligned with them. But they also endorsed um, Northwest Side Alderman Jim Gardner for re-election. He is in a, like, at the precipice of maybe going to a runoff or maybe being safe. I looked at his, his vote count this morning, and he had like 49.16% of the vote. So we're waiting for a bunch of mail ballots to come in. He could be safe. He could be pushed into a runoff. Um, but 13 other candidates that the FOP backed lost on Tuesday. Okay. Um, and they spent, they spent a fair amount of money on those folks um, compared to, to what they bring in. So that was, that was a big gamble, not the greatest payoff. But again, if, if Paul Vallis wins, it's good news for the union. AD, are you uh, covering the FOP uh, election you know, for the president? 
I'm not, but my colleague Jake Sheridan is. So I, yeah. I strongly suggest folks go follow Jake. You know, I, I guess the voting had to be completed by noon today to see if Kat and Zara continues as president. Uh, what about Get Stuff Done? That's a super PAC backed by Emanuel Allies, pro-business super PAC. They spent a million bucks. Was it worth it for them Tuesday? Yes. Uh, but again, they, they did a lot of backing of decently safe incumbents. They didn't take a bunch of huge swings in open races. Uh, for example, they spent really big trying to defeat Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez. He is a member of the Chicago chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Very outspoken, um, very, very uh, progressive. And he ended up winning that race uh, with, I think, about 53%. Uh, Get Stuff Done had spent more than $100 million, probably close to 100 million, 150,000 <laughs> on that race. We're not there yet. We'll get there soon. We'll get there. Um, they spent a lot of money on that race and, and came out on the losing end. They also did, though, have a success in the 48th Ward where they were trying to defeat another DSA-backed candidate, Nick Ward. They were successful there. Um, but, yeah, they had 11 outright wins on Tuesday. A lot of those were pretty safe incumbents. A couple of them were newcomers, including in the 14th Ward to succeed Ed Burke. That was Haley Gutierrez. She won outright. Um, and there's, there's one other candidate, I believe, in the 26th that they were supporting. So they, they had a decent night. I poached a question from Shia Kapos' uh, uh, Illinois Playbook today. Which three politicians, alive or not, would you most like to invite for dinner this weekend and why? Can you give us a quick uh, three that you would love to talk with? Uh, Chicago-specific? No, it can be Chicago, Illinois, or wider as far as I'm concerned. Oh, my goodness. Um, Harold Washington, for sure. I would love to know what he thinks about this election. Um, I'm going to say... Teddy Roosevelt, um, and the Gipper. I, w- I would like to go to dinner with the Gipper. Nice. Teddy Roosevelt, Ronald Reagan, and Harold Washington. Interesting. That would be an interesting conversation. No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. AD Quick. Well, I haven't. I've. I have uh, several here. I've not yet uh, made my thought. Uh, I haven't. I haven't narrowed it down yet. So I'm going to wait till a little later in the show. You're going to wait to see what my listeners say. All right, sounds good. A.D. Quigg, thanks so much for your time on a Friday afternoon. Much appreciated. Have a great weekend, and we'll read more in the Chicago Tribune. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.